the matrix everywhere it's your pure nose and round your skin and bones so we <laughs> should we start for real we'll restart hello hello to episode two and this episode it's the matrix um Ooh. It was my turn to make Hannah watch a film that she wouldn't normally watch. Um, I think you did okay. We watched it over two nights because it was sending you to sleep halfway through. Yeah, I don't intend to watch all the films we're going to do over two nights. But honestly, all that shooting just sent me to sleep. That's After a while, <laughs> it becomes like, like the noise of a cat purring. Just like <laughs> Machine guns and cats, quite similar. Essentially, they're the same thing. They're weapons of mass destruction. Weapons of mouse destruction. <laughs> Good one. Thanks, Lon. <laughs> so, we watched the f- the first Matrix film. I sometimes joke that there aren't any other Matrix films because the next There shouldn't two... be. Oh. So, quick review then. <laughs> what did you think of the Matrix film, my love? Well, I was initially excited to see this film of all the of all the terrible films that aren't my genre that you're going to inflict on me this is the one that i was most like up for right partly because it's the 90s and i love the 90s um mm-hmm. and you know i've i've heard of it and stuff uh and i knew it had some kind of concept it wasn't just it had some kind of like ooh make you think so it was kind of the best of a bad bunch. Rude. But I've got to say, I was, I was not impressed. But it's not that it was a terrible film. It's just not my kind of film. I'm sure if you love shooting and like just one woman and twenty men, if you then love <laughs> a sausage fest and nothing more than popping down the shooting range. Um, and leather. Oh yeah, there if was you like to wear head to toe leather, or occasionally a grey jumper with holes in. Then that's the wardrobe of the Matrix. It's like they just went to the charity shop and went, "Oh, what have you got? A, a full leather coat and a jumper with holes in. That'll do for the uh, the wardrobe of the Matrix." I did find it interesting the whole sort of gothy leather thing when they went back into the Matrix. I'm not entirely sure mm. why. And sunglasses. Always, always sunglasses. Even though it was kind of dark and not the kind of place you'd wear sunglasses. It wasn't... I never thought, oh, that's a lovely sunny day, the perfect day for sunglasses. I never saw like a blue sky or like a tree. Interesting. You should come <laughs> to the colour palette, my love. <laughs> because I read... Um, uh, so... On the films that I don't know about, I won't read anything up about them, and I wasn't sure whether you wanted me to, but I tried to explain as little as possible in the middle of the film. Something we'll come on to is, at the start, you were just like, what is going on? I have no idea. But I read up beforehand, and all the Matrixy scenes, all the scenes inside the Matrix, which is this big computer simulation that everyone everywhere is inside and doesn't know, it has got a greenish hue or tinge and all the ones outside a, a sort of blue tinged and colored yeah but there was no there was no 
nature. Well, no, nature had been destroyed. There was no happiness. Oh, and that concludes our review of the I think I didn't care two hoots about the characters. Like, that guy, Neo, was just a guy. Like, if he was, like, the loving father of, like, four-year-old twin girls, oh I might gosh. be like, oh, oh, but it'd be nice if he lived. But he's just another white guy. We've got loads of them. <laughs> We're overrun with white guys at the minute, folks. Yeah, I think you said near the start is Neo Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. he's got that kind of one white guy to save them all, although Jesus wasn't white. Um kind yeah. of thing. It's it was interesting we also discussed as it was happening it wasn't as tense as Titanic for the majority. Because well, I don't care if they live or die. It was just shooty, 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 shooty. Sorry. No, it's okay. I mean, you're you're. I'll try and say some positives. You're coming across as quite one-dimensional here, love. It's all depressing childhoods or nothing for you. <laughs> um, there was because there were there were moments of tension. So there's a bit where Neo, quite near the end, is being traced by three agents, and any and anybody. Who's getting worried about spoilers? This film is twenty-one years old. It's older than some actual human beings who can live and vote and drive trucks. So just get over yourself. You drive a truck at twenty-one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Who doesn't? So <laughs> what you do on your twenty-first birthday in the UK? <laughs> okay. There's a bit where Neo's getting chased by three agents that is quite tense. That's one which of bit? Where are they? He's running. He runs away from the subway. When yeah. He, when he doesn't manage to get rid of Agent Smith after the subway train runs him over, he I runs sort away of knew out. it would probably be fine in the end. Yeah, I suppose one of the things is we're contrasting this to the last one, which, which is Titanic, when you know it sort of isn't fine in the end. Yeah, maybe. It's very un-Hollywood in that sense, Titanic. Um, there were some good little individual bits what do you mean can you give me an example well there's a few scenes that i was you know watching (laughs) (laughs) that went from there were good (laughs) bits to there were bits i watched okay uh like when they were hiding in the wall of the bathroom and that man did a cough i quite enjoyed that bit the cough i don't know i knew what was going on there they were hiding and some bad guys were coming to get them some bit, so I was like, I don't understand the concept. I like the idea with the the pills. Great. Two things you brought up that are interesting. The cinematography, like how the film looks, I think it still looks really good. So the reflections in the sunglasses. Yeah, I the, did like that. The red pill, the blue pill, the just how it's filmed and shot. So the thing about they hide some of the goodies hide from the baddies behind a wall in between a you know like a cavity wall space and that's filmed like somebody's forgotten to turn their phone over you know it's filmed like upright in portrait yes that's what it's called yeah thank goodness you're here it's filmed in that portrait so just the middle of the screen 
which I think for 99 was probably quite innovative to waste oh, all Oh, yeah, that because they space. didn't have portrait then. No, they didn't Portrait have. wasn't discovered until 2008. Well, let's, <laughs> let's just say that the first time they pulled out one of those Nokia phones... Oh, yeah. You laughed. It was fun. I did enjoy how it was so, like, meant to be high tech because it was high tech for 1999 but we were like floppy disks and there were uh, I think there were some mini disks and everything is like on desktop computers with those big CRT monitors I mean do you remember when mini disks used to be the future Mm -hmm. so we said thing number one was the cinematography I think it still looks really good I mean yes it's of its time it's like a computer game it made me think maybe it's just all the shooting but it felt quite computer gamey, especially like how they moved and fight, fighted was not like, fought, was not like how, a people does that. How <laughs> they fighted was not like how a people does that. <laughs> Thank you, Oxford English Dictionary. Um, what I think is, it's meant to feel a bit like that because they're inside a computer, yeah, simulation, and these are the people who know that, so they're kind of cheating it with their brains. And the directors were really into gaming. I and, read that. And John Woo and Hong Kong movies. So, I mean, a little aside, I don't know how much this will interest you, but it was interesting to see martial arts choreography from 21 years ago because it's very based in the traditional martial arts choreography. So they have traditional Japanese jiu-jitsu and Wing Chun and... The Yunwo Ping, I think, is the choreographer, based it a lot around traditional martial arts, whereas nowadays... Is martial arts changed? The representation of martial arts on film has changed. Also, the rise of things like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has meant there's a lot more floor work and groundwork, which there really wasn't. It's really interesting just to watch and think that's not how people represent martial arts fights on film anymore the other thing i was going to talk about yes was exposition and the way it was written so at the start yeah it starts with a phone call and the phone call being traced and the number being revealed and it's trinity who's made a phone call mm-hmm. but not nothing is explained yeah, I don't like that. I know it's very artsy and stuff. And like then the second time you watch it, it's be- it's maybe interesting. But I just like to know... I don't like to have to think and concentrate in a film. I like really like a narrator to just be like, Once upon a time, there was a boy who loved a girl. You know, it it's easy to watch that. You don't have to work it out for yourself. So this this then makes me think of the question, do you watch films because they're easy? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know even why I do watch films. I, I don't even really watch films much. I think in general I don't like films. And, uh, <laughs> that's the end of our podcast forever, I think. <laughs> I just think an hour is long enough, longer than that, and why you were falling asleep? Yeah, yeah. No, it just makes it. It's interesting because I watch films 
mostly for escapist things. So these last two films yeah. we've watched, I've actually tried to really pay attention to take notes and to think about the structure and what's happening and how it's made, as opposed to when I normally sit down to watch a film, I'm just kind of turning off and coasting through it, you know, because I don't want to feel too much. I don't watch those depressing things because I've got enough emotion in my ordinary day-to-day life. Yeah, we've had this discussion before. I think I'm not that emotional in everyday life. I can be, but sometimes I find it hard to feel emotion, and so I quite like a film to make me feel emotion whereas you don't i think yeah it seems like you like okay for the next 90 minutes i will allow my emotions to be manipulated by this film yeah and i i i'm the inverse i suppose i for the next 90 minutes i'd like to forget about my emotions and watch something that might even be formulaic and predictable and and then at the end of that, I can come out of that little holiday, emotional holiday, and go back to my life. That sounds a bit sad, doesn't it? I do find it then weird when I feel like, well, oh, this film has manipulated my emotions. And sometimes I feel a bit guilty when I'm feeling like emotion towards something that's not a true story when I don't feel emotional about real life stuff. You know, like when you just watch the news and it's like, oh, 200 people have died in an earthquake today. And you're like, oh, that's sad. And it's hard to like connect with it. Whereas a film, because you're getting to know a character, it makes you connect with that person, even if it's a made up person. And I sort of feel guilty to care more about a made-up person, then there's so much real, actual crap going on in the world right now, and it's hard to care about that sometimes. Or it's hard to connect with it. I think some of it can be overwhelming as well. It's just the... Yeah. We're so connected to the world. If we wanted to, we could follow world news from every corner of the globe um, in depth, you know, and that's kind of exhausting, as well as 2020, the year which it currently is. Not a happy year. Bit of a struggle, I think, <laughs> this year so far. Well, yeah, it used to be, sorry, we're getting off topic now, but we can edit uh, out. in kind of springtime, every I watch the news most days, and every day it was like 600 people have died today, 700 people have died today from COVID. That's a lot of people, and you can't, you can't every day be getting emotional about that, or else you'd never get anything done. But you also you can't switch off to everything in the world, or I don't know what would happen. You're a sociopath. Yeah. No, I'm just saying you're a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Thanks. But back to the Matrix. Back to the Matrix. Yeah. So it starts in that style where they're not going to explain it. And there's some things they don't explain for a long time. What I found interesting, Neo is the white saviour who's going to save Zion, the bit where all the humans hide. We never see Zion in this film. And if you just... You probably won't watch the two sequels. 
Me? Yes, you, Hannah. I definitely won't watch the two sequels. Well, I've got news. No, I'm <laughs> joking. And they're making another one. One of the Wachowskis is making a fourth film. If you don't watch those sequels, this thing he's meant to save, you've never seen it. You've no idea what it is. And I wonder if that's a little bit of the emotional core of like what he's fighting for doesn't really resonate there. I don't know. You're looking blank. I'll move Sorry. on. Sorry. Did you fall asleep? A I'm, bit? I'm a bit ill. He's a bit um. bored of this. No, so I think because it, it becomes around, it's it's got it's trying to do a lot of philosophically interesting things. I think about yeah, they they were interesting big life questions, and I think they, from my perception of it, and I was too young at the time to watch the Matrix when it was released in cinemas. I think it tapped into. It was it was of its time, you know, the zeitgeist. Nine nine nine. Yes. It was of its time in the sense that people did feel dislocated. They felt outside of something, like not connected, like there was little bits going on that didn't quite make sense. I think a lot of people still feel that. But looking back now, nine oh nine, best year ever. Uh was it? Yeah, we were like, oh, looking forward to the millennium, labour we're in, like, I feel like the economy was good. The only bad thing I could say about 1999 is if you wore those massive trousers (laughs) and you went camping. Other than that, everyone else in 1999 was fine. Apart from the people who were very anxious about the millennium bug. Yeah, but that all turned out to be fine. You don't know that at the time. <laughs> the Matrix, though, was trying to do some interesting things, I think. Yeah, yeah there were some interesting links of like Christianity, of like what is real and how do you know your life is real. But also belief, I think, you know, so yeah. one person believed in another and one person didn't believe and himself. And all those kind of really long-lasting themes, belief, sacrifice, wholeness, outsider, feeling yeah, of yeah. being outside. Do you know what film did that better, though? Oh, gosh. Is it going to be no. My Sister's Keeper or something? No, The Truman Show. Oh, absolutely phenomenal film. Do you like... Oh, good, good. That's yeah. a film we both like. No well, way. We found it. We found <laughs> the film. Um... Yeah, Th- great that's film. Some, yeah. Shame we can't watch that for this podcast. <laughs> we could do series two. The one film we the both one like. film we both like. Here's ten episodes <laughs> on one film we both like. Um, so I've written down a few uh, deep questions. Deep. Inspired by the film. Yeah. That I'd like your take on. Um, do you believe in fate? Good question. Oh, you actually want yeah. to answer. Do I believe in fate? Hmm, I really don't know. Uh, Neo's answer is something about he doesn't like the idea that he's not in control. Yeah. Own, which I think is a bit of a cop-out answer, to be honest. Well, no, I think that's fair. Oh, he does say no. He does say no, doesn't he? Mm. Before that. So, fair enough, yeah. Do I believe in fate? Do I believe that certain things are preordained? 
set in stone, immovable. Like, do you think it was fate that we got together, or...? No, I think I was very lucky. Okay. Maybe I don't believe in fate. No, I don't think I do. Okay. What's your next question, love? Um, Do you think ignorance is bliss? So, like, if someone said to you, you... I can tell you everything about the world, like, if there's a god, if there's aliens... You know, anything you might have ever wondered, would you want all that knowledge, what life is all about, or would you rather... Is that too much knowledge for a human? Would you rather just carry on like you are? I don't know if it's too much knowledge for a human. I think it's... I wouldn't want it. Really? Really. So I think part of... I'm going to sound like a proper hippie, but part of life is the journey, is the discovery... And is the trying and failing and testing and seeking and wanting and and not getting and getting kind of thing. And I think if you had every answer in front of you, I think that would be kind of like that's the end, isn't it? That's kind of pointless, finished. What's the where's the journey? Where's the exploration? Where's the adventure? Yeah, but like, for example, if you knew aliens were going to take over the Earth in the year 2050, you could, like, not put money in a pension. (laughs) Be handy. Not warn anyone (laughs) or, you know, try and move to Mars or develop uh, alien spotting (laughs) technology. Just uh, sack off the pension, mate. Maybe get some alien investment. Investings. We'd like to remind you that we are not financial advisors and this (laughs) could not constitute financial advice. I bet the alien stock market is... I bet it's the perfect time to invest. (laughs) Prior return is not an indicator of future success. That's what they always say on those things. All right, next deep question. Uh, Would you say Neo looks hotter with hair or without hair? Because that was the main... Big question of the film for me. Yes, we, we've decided now that we're going to uh, objectify and judge the hotness of all the movie peoples. Well, definitely hair you, needs to mention in every You film. did that with Jack and Rose. I think I, I preferred Neo with hair. So I normally would always go for a guy with hair, but I actually in this film would say you probably looked hotter with like just a shaven head. Interesting. Do you know for the scene yeah. where he was... Coming out of that uh, artificial womb. Baby gunk, yeah. Yeah, the 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 red jelly. Is that when you found him? Uh, honestly, no. I you don't think you were ready for that jelly. Oh, there <laughs> it is. There it is. Go on. Thank you. <laughs> he, uh, he shaved all of his hair. Oh, even his down there hair. Well, I wasn't looking. But what I did notice is he had no eyebrows for that scene. Oh, I would worry my eyebrows might not grow back. You know, I did wonder how long would it take your eyebrows to go back. If anybody knows, let us know. Um, I think you can lose them and they don't come back. Well, there's a thing near us, though, love, where some of the ladies get their eyebrows shaved off and then drawn back on. But they have to keep shaving them off, don't they? So they do grow back. Eyebrows do actually have a purpose. They're not just face art. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I learned this from Percy, our child, 
a bit. You learned it from our five-year-old. Um, he's been learning about the body in school this week. He's in year one. Uh, and he was telling me how eyebrows stop things falling into your eyes. Yeah, did you? Not like big, not like big things. <laughs> <laughs> like Cars a t- or TV trees. or something. But like little crumbs. <laughs> I One thing, I mean, going through my notes here, um, that mouse bit always creeped me out when I was younger. Oh yeah, that's really that's really creepy when his his mouth gets like sewn together kind of thing. Yes, he says he wants his phone called and then Agent Smith says what use is a phone call if you don't have a mouth and it like oh. grows over and closes. Well, it was interesting because I knew it was coming and I knew it used to creep me out. It didn't as much this time, but then I was watching how they'd done it and in the far away shots did look like he just put something over his mouth and neck a bit it was slightly different but it was it was effective it was a powerful moment yeah it was there were some really creepy bits and it was kind of like clever like you have to be like oh that's impressive however they did that but creepy like all the things under his skin like that um alien like insect thing in his stomach that gets pulled out when he's in a car that's really creepy and all those like metal blobs in his back or something like oh ask him yeah but i think it's 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 part of the stuff that's really well done like i think it's a really well made film yeah um i think it's a well written film as well like uh, yeah interesting that it's by two siblings who both transitioned from male to female they were male when they made the matrix is yeah, that right? and then now both female so now both transitioned to female yeah it's that is a really interesting thing i think if you look back at the film a bit through that lens and like believing you're a part of something and then finding out it doesn't fit mm. you know that's an interesting way to think about the matrix is like these two creators who you, you're that phrase in it but not of it you know they felt like they were part of society but not part of society yeah i read actually that the the character switch um yeah. they were gonna have him be male in one world and female in another world but in the end they didn't do that but that was one of the original ideas that's a cool idea i think um i wrote down about apoc and switch they might as well have been wearing red shirts, which is a Star Trek reference that I'm sure you understand. Oh. <laughs> red shirts. <laughs> In the original series of Star Trek, anybody who left the ship and went down to a planet with a red shirt was pretty much, like, dead. All oh, right. It felt like, really, there was three, three and a half characters with some other ones sprinkled around, and they were some of the expendable characters. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Oh, yes. Uh, main question, actually. Uh, Morpheus, how does his glasses stay on? Yeah. Especially in all them fights. Good, isn't it? Like, really, in the film, how do they it's do the it? the power of the Matrix. He controls them with his mind, almost certainly. What I liked is in the credits it says that uh, all the sunglasses were designed and made by 
Blind Optics, the company, which I thought... Really? It's a funny name for a sunglasses company. Oh, they're not made by actual blind people? Yes, they're made by (laughs) one blind lady (laughs) who lives at the top of a mountain in uh, Kenya. Oh, cute. Is it Kilimanjaro or one of the small ones? One of the small Small. ones on the way to Kilimanjaro. If you go, if you reach Kilimanjaro, (laughs) you've gone too far. You just turn back. (laughs) For what (laughs) Well, all roads lead to Kilimanjaro, (laughs) as that famous saying says. Cool. Uh (laughs) And with that, I wanted to do my credit shout-outs. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a regular thing. Our regular feature. Maybe it should have a musical intro. Credit shout-outs. That's the tune of Moonpig. Credit <laughs> shout out. It's time for the credit shout out. Shout out, shout out. That's what this podcast is all about. We big up a person with a silly job or name. Like Shoegore. This is bound to lead to their future fame. Uh, credit shout out this week. Spoon Boy. Ronan Wit. I've got Rowan Wit here. Rowan, yeah, me too. But you just love Ronan O'Gara <laughs> or Ronan Keating. That's who I meant to say. And Big Cop. Bernie Ledger. Bit of a legend. Big Cop. <laughs> There are a lot of things that I take for granted now when I watch this kind of film that you don't because well, I think I summarise as you haven't learned to watch this kind of film. You yeah. say that's fair? Yeah. Um, and so I think it's harder for you to suspend your disbelief because you've got lots more things to suspend your disbelief of. Do you know what I've watched that's kind of... It was similar genre, but a lot more Hannah friendly and more enjoyable. Men in Black. That's like a bit alien-y, but more kind of family friendly. Uh, It's just a bit more fun and a bit more you know what's going on. Men in Black is the gateway drug. Yeah. It's a lot more approachable. I like Men in Black. I'm not going to talk down about it at all because I think it's really fun. It's probably the similar kind of year or era. It's the, it's the era when we had time to watch films. Oh, that's the before. I feel like well. we will have to watch some films from other eras, but I do feel like or definitely since we've had kids, I've I've been to the cinema, I think, twice since we've had kids in six years. So I haven't seen anything from the modern day. There are a few films... But yeah, late late 90s, early 90s, I think this is our time for films. There are a few films that I will force you to watch later which are more recent than okay. that. But in general, yeah, this is the era of films where we had disposable income, we had free time, we went to the cinema. And we don't now. But the bonus is now... You have a million streaming services. You have legitimate and many illegitimate ways to get hold of films. And it's illegal to see your friends at the moment. So you're stuck here with me. I know. Definitely that Men in Black is more aimed at the 
like light-hearted casual watcher i think this was never intended to be a casual watch yeah and there were people who were like super geeks on this film at the time yeah oh yeah and it's it's gone super deep there's there's three films at the minute they're making a fourth there's the animatrix there's comics there's books there's things that the wachowskis have been involved in the the lore of it goes super wide and deep and it is an interesting kind of world to think about but you're right it's not an easy one to just dip your toe in yeah yeah i think i think men in black is as as far as i would willingly go (laughs) but obviously you're gonna make me go further this is the one that i thought was most accessible of all the films that you're gonna pick it's gonna get it's going to get worse. Wait till we get to uh, Korean Cowboy Good, the Bad and the Weird. Oh, you're going to love uh. that. It was funny when you said, oh, why didn't you just take the blue pill and that would be the end of the film? Yeah, I did think that would be kind of a, a better film. An unusual twist. Imagine if you'd gone to the cinema, right, and you were like super into it and you'd seen like the adverts and it looked like a really cool film and you went with all your baits and you were a man. And and you watched Imagine. like you know the first twenty minutes half an hour and you you were just like super into it and then he took the blue pill and then that was the end. Do you, would you ask for your money back? I think that would be an interesting uh, experiment. Think how much money they would have saved in making the film. Think about how much money they wouldn't have made <laughs> from people going to watch it. But that point is addressed in the film. So if you look at the film as Cypher's story, he wants to get back in the Matrix. He does believe that ignorance is bliss. He pretty much says as much Mm. when he has a meeting. He's a guy who's seen the outside and he's like, actually, no, I want to go. I want to go back. I want to go back in. And like when Neo first finds out about the truth, he freaks out, which is not a typical action movie response from the hero to like, you know, they'd normally stoically just bear it or something. Well, he freaks out. He has yeah, he was like, kind of an unwilling hero, though, wasn't he? I sort of like that. Yeah, yeah. It's a trope, but yeah. I, I, I like it. Yeah, I do think it is a good film if you're into that stuff, although I'm not qualified to say that at all. Like, I understand why it got good reviews and awards and stuff. I don't think any of it felt really like extraneous or supplementary what i don't know what any of these words mean hello missing <laughs> little words now film good you like no <laughs> hey should we talk about that time when um i said to you at a dinner party oh i feel like everyone's smarter than me nope and you said oh no love they're just maybe a little bit more wordy and i was like I meant smarter dressed. No, let's not talk about that time. Okay. I'll edit okay. that out. Okay. <laughs> I won't mention it. Um, I've got a question, actually. Yeah. Um, I liked the bit where they, like, learn something in their head from, like, a floppy disk. That was fun. You know how she just, she was like, I don't know how to fly a helicopter. And then they're like, bloop, bloop, bloop. Now you do. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. If you could learn a new skill... With no effort, just from a floppy disk, what would you learn? 
good one. I'd like something practical, possibly. It's quite yeah. boring, but like I'd like to. I think one day I'd like to build a car. Okay. So to just be able to click my fingers and have all, all of the knowledge. knowledge I need to just go from the components to a vehicle or you know a motorbike or something like that. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I'd probably say music. I feel like that was a dull answer, but yeah, you've, got, you've got the good fair answer. Enough. So, I think for me, music because music takes so long. Like I tried to learn clarinet at school, but yeah. And I actually spent years becoming very average to poor at the clarinet, <laughs> and it was just such a waste of my life. But even if I'd have really dedicated time and been amazing at the clarinet it's still just a clarinet what like well it's not like apart from if you're in an orchestra it's not like something you can just whip out on a beat like a guitar or a (laughs) penis yeah if i could like learn like the piano or a guitar you just in a few seconds, all my things without. But I, I've thought about this, and I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to make the time to actually learn it. So, don't worry, I won't steal it. I, I'm too, I'm too old for that now. I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not musical. But if I could magically learn it, I'd pick that. Hugo Weaving, the guy who plays Agent Smith, the main main baddie, he's excellent yes. in Is this he? film. Yes, sorry, right. the radio just did a little fart. <laughs> um, he was excellent in this film. I think, I think, yeah, I said it before. I think he's the highlight of this film. If you go really? back and watch it again, yeah, I think he's the best. What about the woman? She was she was cool. She was cool, but I think his performance is just really captivating. It's really odd. He gives this in, uh, quite good speech about humans as viruses and disease at the end. Your stench. I feel... It's it's a really odd particular performance, but I feel like it's the performance of the film for me. Okay. Have you got a favourite quote? Uh, yes. The Oracle says something about... Um, so Neo goes to see the Oracle... And she misleads him and tells him he's not the one because that's what he needs to hear, apparently, and then gives him a cookie. Um, and then she says, when you know, you know, balls to bones. It's like, what does that mean? Sort of through and through. He has balls and he would know all the way from his testicles to his marrow, you know, from head to toe. Okay, from head to toe. From I understand head to that. toe. From testes to toe, as, <laughs> as no one says. But I think that might wrap up our review of Yep. Let us know what you thought, if you got any better opinions than us. You may well have, but we are not going to permit them here. This is our show. <laughs> uh, so next time... Next time, it's drumroll, please. I think I'm going to inflict on you the film Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge? Uh, I like a musical, and um, I like a film about prostitutes. (laughs) It was that or um, Pretty Woman. Is it Pretty Woman? Yes. It's another uh, 
classic prostitute film, but you said actually you've already seen that. I've seen that. I've seen half of the classic prostitute films, it turns out. Um, so, yeah, I think we're going to go for that. It's another film with a ginger lead, and I was thinking about having all ginger leads. So, like, if we watch Annie after this, and then, like, The Little Mermaid. I've seen And that Annie. can be my genre. Yeah. I think I might have. I've seen at least some of The Little Mermaid. I've seen okay. the top half of the little moment. <laughs> no, uh, I'm joking about that ginger thing. But uh, Moulin Rouge is the next film because you are half French, so I'm sure you'll love it. Oh, uh-huh, and indeed, ha. Huh. And you love gingers. Baguette. So. The thing I meant to show you once we'd seen The Matrix and uh, before now was one of the first viral videos I ever watched on the internet was called A Fart in the Matrix. Did you ever see that? No. It's a little cuts, uh, little moments cut from the Matrix with a fart track dubbed over the top. <laughs> and it's actually very good. So there's a scene where they're fighting and the guy goes, you think that's air you're breathing? And there's a fart sound in the background. So, um, Enter somebody. If I can find a link to that, maybe we'll put it up on, on this uh, on the notes to this episode. So that's probably two or three minutes of fun that is easier to watch than The Matrix. Just to say thanks for the um, support on the first episode. Lovely to get your feedback. Um, we've had quite a lot of plays on the Titanic episode. Over 70 plays. Wow. And we've had some really nice feedback. People are saying that we've got good chemistry. Shocking. And that maybe we should get married. Uh, we've also started an Instagram. We have. It's I Wouldn't Watch Podcast. Uh, big challenge to all you people out there. I want to see if we can double the follow account <laughs> of our Instagram. We've currently got two followers. Me. And me. <laughs> I'd like to really... I mean, this is ambitious, but I wondered if we could get it up to 12. You know, like Jesus. And that's all we need, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Is that it? Yeah, just if you want to get in touch or comment on anything we've said, we'd love to hear from you. You can message us on our Instagram. Yeah, there'll be some pictures from behind the scenes and um, just general goofing around, I guess. I think we'll know that we've really made it when a stranger leaves a bad comment. Like, so, so far, we've got all encouraging, lovely things because it's all from our friends. But imagine when a stranger hates us. I can't wait for that day. Nothing says success <laughs> like internet hate from a stranger. <laughs> yep. Cool. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. I'll see you next time. Bye.